Welcome to the Illenials Podcast. We're back again here. Hey. Episode 20 this time. Yep. It's 20. As I said last week, this is where we start making the big bucks. Uh-huh. And I'm excited to announce that I may be right. <laughs> well, we have that. We have the power and the ferocity of having you back here in the Illenial studio. Oh, yeah. I'm actually in studio today. I'm mm-hmm. no longer in the mysterious north. Uh, I'm back here in South Georgia. Having a good time. The birthplace of the Illenials podcast was right here in this very room. Yeah. This professional studio we set up. We we came in here, man, and we, we stapled egg cartons to the walls to make sure it's all soundproof and it sounds yeah. great. No audio problems whatsoever. We got an on-air sign whenever we mm-hmm. start. It goes on air. Everyone around us knows. For sure. professional studio area, all mm-hmm. the other professional studio people know that we're on air, so don't mess with our studio for a while. Absolutely. So... Let me ask you, Seth. You've been up in the the, the Great White North Great for a White while North, now, yes. uh, of, of the, the wilds of North Carolina. Uh-huh. How's how are things up there? How, how how are our cousins to the north doing? I mean, it's it's all the same, honestly. Mm-hmm. Still in the southeast, nothing's really that different. They're you know, I, I live in a big NASCAR country, so a lot of NASCAR stuff. But same thing down here. Um, you know, it's basically the same stuff. I've done a lot of restaurants and places to eat so it's really easy to eat all day and never have to stop so that's good it's because you you moved to a more urban area than what we're used to down here wouldn't you say i'd say it's a i'd say it's about as urban as the town like a college town kind of but with a little older people in it Mm. it is pretty it is pretty close to like you know something like charlotte which is a very you know very big city and it's very popular and so i'm a little closer to a bigger urban area now okay and just like I know that you now live like literally spitting distance from both a Walmart and a movie theater. So yes. for us Southerners, that's all you really need in life right there. Yeah. I love seeing I got this uh, incredible service called Movie Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not sponsored by them, obviously. No. But, you know, you get to see as many movies as you want every month for $10. And that's, that's a pretty good deal, I'd say. So I just walk over to the movie theater, go to Walmart, buy a six-pack, hit up the movie theater pad my pockets with a bunch of beer and just have a good time you know yeah it's good it's always good to point out that we're not sponsored by anybody but ask yourselves listeners who would sponsor a podcast that is anti-capitalist who what company would give us money no one what does it have to be a company what if it's an idea an idea gave us money yeah brought to you people behind an idea brought to you by the Bernoulli effect yeah, something like or that. Or Bernoulli principle shit, I fucked yeah, it up. Something like, you know, brought to you by cheese. Not anything particular, <laughs> just, you know, go eat some cheese. Not even the cheese lobby, just cheese itself. Yeah. As, 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 some as, guys who are just really into cheese gave us money. Hey, can you just talk about cheese in your podcast? We're like, yeah, no problem. Okay, cool. Can do. We won't have any corporate that. sponsors, though. Mm-mm, Hell no. no. Uh-uh. Brought to you by the principle of light and how it refracts off of things and, and creates the world around you. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. That's, Photons. Sponsor that. Any, well, only if we're getting paid. Right now? We don't care about it at all. Mm. In fact, we hate the refraction of light that creates the world around us. Yes, exactly. So, that's not, that's not an endorsement of the refraction of light. Listen here, Photon. Pick a side. Are you a fucking particle or a wave? You can't yes. be both. You're a particle, a wave, or nothing. Please get out. <laughs> so, I wanted to talk to you for a second about... Uh, um, we, we've been doing a couple of things this weekend while you've been uh, back down here visiting us here in, in Georgia. And uh, last night we watched uh, uh, the J- new Jumanji movie. New Jumanji, yes. Welcome to the Jungle, which I think is an interesting uh, thematic thing from the 90s Jumanji movie, which is that uh, in the 90s Jumanji movie, the, the game came to the people in the real world. You know, spiders and elephants and shit appeared in the real, yeah. their suburban neighborhood. But in the new movie, they are pulled into the video game. And I feel like... That's a bit of a reflection, first of all, the form of the game, which in the, in the original's 90 movie, spoiler for New Jumanji, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Spoiler for old Jumanji as well. Uh, yeah, true. Uh, in the old one, they played a board game together, you know, and it was a, a group communal activity. And the new one, they play a video game, which is also a group communal activity, but the way it, the way it's, it's done, it takes place in two different contexts, right? Yeah. And so I figure, I feel like it, it's a, a, an interesting reflection, first of all, but also I kind of think that deep down, and not like on the surface level of this movie, I don't think the, the people who made it intended this, it's a commentary on how our society is so bu- atomized. We live in our little bubbles now, and we have our social circles, we don't really look beyond them. So I feel like it kind of has a little something to say about that. 
Yeah, I can see that. It's, uh, I mean, everything about the movie is kind of a comment, is, I mean, a little bit of a commentary on modern culture, like the whole idea, the, the beginning of the movie, we, we see the classic Jumanji game, the kid gets it, and he's like, I don't give a fuck about this, I'm playing my PlayStation 1, this board game's lame, and then overnight, the game realizes what period it's in, so it adapts and mm-hmm. becomes a video game that yeah. he then ends up playing. So it just kind of talks about how, you know, culture is adaptive and sometimes even... Because the whole thing about this movie was going, yeah, people were like, they're making a new Jumanji and it's a video game now. And the movie kind of makes a commentary on that as of, yeah, you got to kind of keep things updated if you want to mm-hmm. want to stay alive. And that's kind of what they're doing. And you know, the thing is that it's come back around to the point today where it would be a fucking board game again because board games are back in style. Yeah. People love board games, man. That's a problem. I play a lot of traditional games, you know, I like, like RPGs, all that kind of stuff. But board games, since all of my friends have basically moved away to other places, yeah. it's very hard to play board games with them. So, it, like, I see all these cool board games you can get on Kickstarter or whatever. I don't ever get them because, I mean, what yeah. am I going to do with them? What are you going to do with them? Waste of money, right? So, it's it sucks because board games are, I think there's a lot of really cool stuff happening in board games right now. Like, uh, have you seen that game Gloomhaven? No. Just to give you a f- the, 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 the big talking point about Gloomhaven is, the box that it comes in, the whole package that comes to your house, weighs 21 pounds. Holy shit. <laughs> it's like a, a role-playing game, sort of, but also a board game, and it's uh, it's apparently very mechanically uh, tight, and people like that about it. But uh, I just, I've just i seen the amount of shit that it comes with now, and it's insane the thing they send you with this. Yeah. A 21-pound box? Dude, the UPS got to be hating your ass. Do you think we should still call... Role-playing games and board games, traditional games. Uh, what, what, would you, what would you call them? Board games and role-playing games. Why, why, why are video games non-traditional? You know, or not? Yeah, well, it doesn't make any sense to me. I would think the reason they're called traditional games is because they're 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 they, they come from an older yeah. But you know, that's the whole vein. thing about you know the split in politics these days. Mm. Conservatives they're traditional. They want right. the old values and they kind of. They kind of make it as if anything new is the, the bad thing. And mm-hmm. it kind of, I kind of feel that just just because of that, if, if that didn't exist, maybe traditional games would be fine. But because of that divide politically, I feel like traditional games is almost just, I don't know, I feel like, because there are elitists. You know there are. There are guys who are like, sure. who are like that. And I, I don't know, I feel like we need to change that because I don't like it being called traditional. Because video games have been around for a long time now, too. So I wonder if we should just call them games and video games. Because video games have yeah. that component of the, the screen yeah. is part of them. It's like there's sports and esports, you know? Right, yeah. Two different sectors. I, dude, I heard someone call it esports and P sports the other day. And let me tell you, P sports is pretty fucking good. I like this. <laughs> P sports. I'm in. I'm mm-hmm. in. It's just why not? Because it's. I mean, because first of all, esports are sports. But when you say sports, you are technically talking about p sports. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, the p in this is physical. If anybody's <laughs> lost on what the p is supposed to be, you're gonna find some some weird crossovers there with some some parts of Pornhub we don't really want to go to that much. Yeah. Uh, but okay, I can see I see games and video games. I think they call, they're called traditional games because. For a long time, that was the traditional type of game. You know, it was a board game. Uh, but, the, but, we, but like you said, we've had video games since what the eighties, the seventies, yeah. and some and cases. If we're talking about traditional games, it'd be stuff like Red Rover and Duck Duck Goose. Mm. Those are traditional games. And what's funny to me now is it's almost inverted to where video games are the traditional games because they're so ubiquitous. I would say that traditional games we think of them now, board games and, and role playing games. Are literally are very very much a minority yeah, of games exactly. that are being I mean, played. The video game industry is multi 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 billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't I feel like I don't think board games and RPGs are. No, not even close. Not even close. Like the biggest the biggest RPG is Dungeons and Dragons, obviously, uh, and it is currently uh, worked on by about five people in a broom closet that they forgot about in the Magic the Gathering office yeah. somewhere around there. Um, so that's pop. That's that pretty much gives you the state of that. Which yes. Card game. We forgot about card games. Yeah, card games. You know, all those TCGs and CCGs. Yeah, those are good as well. They uh, they are also like I guess fall into that category of what we used to call traditional games. But I'm now just going to call like you said, we're just calling them games. Yes, just games. So it's interesting uh, to me that we that we are having this conversation about redefining uh, uh, where games fall because you know. We saw Ready Player One. We reviewed it and all that, and we had our we had our thoughts on on the movie Ready Player One, and sort of what what goes on in it. And uh, I was just thinking about you know 
where, where do you think we're headed with all these VR games? You know, since Ready Player One's a movie about VR, where do you think we're headed towards with VR tech? Is I'm it a fad always, now, or is it, is it catching on? I've always considered VR to be a fad in gaming, but I do see I do see that VR has a lot of potential outside of gaming, um, with like real world simulations and stuff like that that are actually pretty advanced. Um, in gaming, though, I just I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a traditionalist. Maybe I just I just I really can't see myself ever unless it's just. 100% from the ground up built to be a complete VR experience. I don't see myself putting down the controller to play a game with the headset and all that stuff. I just mm-hmm. don't see that happening. Um, one is because maybe I'm a really spe- specific case. I like having the separation between me and the screen and having the real world around me. I just It's just it's something that feels comforting when I'm playing games to actually have this world around. And if I have these glasses on, there is no separation. It's just me and the game. And I'm not, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of that. And... I don't know. It does seem like it's going to keep going. I do think that for it to become really ubiquitous, it's going to have to become cheaper, though, because even right now, if I wanted to play a VR game, I'm not going to drop $800 on a headset and these light stands so that I can play it and then have to have a room in my house or have it set up or either every time I play a game, I have to take it down because it takes up a lot of the room. Mm-hmm. So every time I play one of these games, I either have to have a room for it or I have to take it down every time I play it. And most people don't have it, just an extra room sitting in their house. Yeah. So... Yeah, one of the conceits of all these VR movies and and shows or whatnot is that it's very easy to set it up and use it. It's not like a it's not like it is now where it's super expensive and also space requirements. Yeah. So, yeah, they'll probably just solve that first before it really takes off um, in any meaningful sense. But uh, one thing that I thought I've always thought is VR movies are so weird. And I guess it's because they want the physicality of someone still doing something. Uh, remember that scene in uh, Johnny Monomic when he has on the, uh, the 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 goggles and he's like doing all these crazy moves to move through their their matrix or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like they want that in the movie so they still have some physicality to the actual actors. Yeah. But like I've always thought we've got all these these little uh, projects in the pipeline that are going to translate our thoughts directly into uh, you know machine stuff mostly for like in the realm of like prosthetics. But also they're making some they're making some progress in other areas of, yeah. of like of like thought dire- directly to to uh, like text or anyways. I figure in the future VR will probably if it ever catches on in a big way like it is movies, it'll probably be goggles that go on your head and then a little chip somewhere like a little patch on yeah. the other side of your head that translates your stuff directly yeah. into the game. If that works, that's cool. But in that world, mm-hmm. I would put on the VR headset, have my chip activated, and then I would go to a video game console where I can pick up a controller <laughs> and have still have the world between me and the screen. Wait, so it's the ending of Ready Player One. It's yeah, exactly it's that. Actually, and I'd, I'd play games in real time. Yes, okay, it'd, cool. It'd be just like that. Except you play a good game and not Adventure from 1979. Well, let's not try to define what a good game is here. I guess I mean, that's true. At the like, time, I'm sure Adventure was a fun game. Oh, I mean, yeah, but that, that was, was at the time. Yeah. So, so I don't know about this. Yeah, let's not, you know... Adventure's adventure. It's a cool game. I do worry about the future of, like, VR and stuff. And, like, if we do get to that point I'm talking about with the goggles and the patch and the thought directly to action, I do kind of worry a little bit that we might, like, I don't know. I guess it is the future of communication in some ways if we do manage to work it out. But at the same time, it it worries me that people will lose their sense of, of, of their connection to the physical world, the world we actually live in. Like what's depicted in Ready Player One, yeah. except possibly more insidious than it was in the movie. Like, I feel like people might be living in the ruins of our civilization trying to, uh, or just while they pretend to be Goku with six titties or something, you know? Like, that's... <laughs> six titties, yes. Uh, and, that, you know, they kind of, um... There's actually a really good line in the movie Ready Player One about that, about how... Yeah, they live in a time where people stop trying to fix problems and just try to outlive them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you know, kind of what you're describing there. Which is kind of what we're living in right now, to be honest. It's I mean, kind of a reflection of 2018. For, for real. It's, it's getting very bad. Because we're looking at, like, global warming. We're looking at fucking uh, 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 the polar ice caps melting as part of that. Massive shifts in, in, in climate activity. Uh, we're looking at resources running out. You know, we're going to hit peak oil at some point, and we're not ready at all for alternative energy strategies. We've we've killed our nuclear program. Solar and and and, uh, and wind are not going to pick up the the pace. Like we have multiple existential crises coming at us, and what are we doing? Fucking nothing. Speaking of existential crises and video games, mm-hmm. cross setting. I think you have a story 
over here about that very thing. Oh my god. Yeah, so if you classify, and this might be overestimating their, their capability, if you classify Nazis as an existential crisis, which actually, given their popularity, we might have to worry about this a bit more. Yeah. Uh, there is a game, which you all might remember uh, from the early days, and still continuing on, uh, called RuneScape. Uh, RuneScape, in case you don't know, was like a free MMO. Yeah. Uh, you could pay for it later on, I believe. It's still quite popular. Oh yeah, and it was huge. I mean, it was, and it was, it was a game that you didn't have to really have a good computer to play either. So you yeah. could like play it on your. A lot of people played it on their school computers, or on the library, the library. Big fucking choices for playing uh, for playing RuneScape, and apparently. Um, Jagex, I think that's how it's pronounced, the company that makes RuneScape, um, like, released some kind of, like, LGBT awareness update for the game, and in response, there was a virtual, uh, riot slash Nazi rally on the website, or on the game, yes. where people dressed up in white robes from the desert level of the game and congregated in public spaces to create white power, and also they're putting down, uh, red and black banners... Like, you know, Nazi symbology, no symbolism. And so, it's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, it, what are they What are they achieving with this? I mean, they're just, they're just being rude in the virtual space for no reason. And, I mean, I don't even know what a LGBT awareness update does. Mm -hmm. I, maybe it adds different options for... You know, clothing and gender identity and stuff. I don't know, but just—I mean, you're playing. You're already playing RuneScape, and you don't even want people to have fun playing RuneScape. And you're—it's—it's it's just weird to me. Every time you see these stories, it's like every one of these weird communities also has a Nazi community. Mm -hmm. Like My Little Pony fans has a Nazi community. Furries have a Nazi community. Not that I'm saying those two groups are entirely mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. And now RuneScape—that the one. Bastion of pure, unadulterated fun that you can mm -hmm. have by yourself on a computer has been taken over by the Nazis. Do you remember a game called Habbo Hotel? Pools Closed. Pools Closed! I was part of that back in the day. I watched a whole internet historian video about Pools Closed the other day. And see, that was, a, and that was racist and yes. bad, and 4chan did it. But that was something you expected 4chan to do. Yes. And... The, the problem with that one is that even though it is t horrifically racist, mm -hmm. there are very funny parts of that story <laughs> that I cannot get over. No. I mean, yeah, and the thing was, back then, it's weird how, in my opinion, the internet transitioned because, full disclosure, listeners, I was a 4chan person in, like, 2007 or so, yeah. uh, for, and for a couple of years after that, and I participated in a lot of this dumb stuff we, that was done, but, I don't know... I was a dumb kid, obviously, and I thought it was all just jokes. I was one of those, just a joke, man. It's just a prank. Yeah. I was one of those people back in the day, sort of, and I was like, oh, we're just joking around, right? Like, no one's actually believing this shit that we're talking about. This is just, a, this is just to get a rise out of people and to get some laughs off of how offended they get. And then as time went on, I realized, some of these fuckers ain't joking, though. Yeah, like, some of this shit's real. So, well, that and they actually believe like the racist shit they were they were that was being spouted yeah. as part of this, and I was like, well, that's I'm not I'm not I'm not racist. Obviously, I was a little bit, I guess, because I was participating in the stuff. But uh, that's why I left eventually. Was I was like, yeah, yeah, I can't deal with this shit becoming real. Yeah, that's why now you're uh instead of Forchan, you're on you're a goon now. Yeah, you something awful. Which, I mean, good for you, man. I guess that's a step up. I Is mean, it? yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. It's, it's dying right now, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Shout out to Low Tax, man. Sorry about your neck uh, getting broken and uh, and the forums dying. Uh, but speaking of, of this, this Jagex thing with LGBT update, did you see what happened with the new Mech Warrior game? No. Oh. I'm sure it's going to be horrifying. Oh yeah. Mech Warrior is a long it's a sort of traditional game back in like the eighties. It was a traditional game as they call it. It was a board like a mini game and a RP it's been RPGs and books and all kinds of stuff. They have some video games people people might remember that most of like where you played as a giant robot shooting things. Well recently 
there is a, um, a couple of new MechWarrior games coming out, and one of them is made by a company I really like called Hairbrain Schemes. They mm-hmm. did the Shadowrun uh, recent games, which were fantastic yes. games. Um, and in it, you can create your own pilot of your robot, right? And people got super fucking pissed on Reddit and now other places because they added a, a they pronoun for your pilot to have. Yes. And they are fucking furious over the fact that they've added a they. I would just like to point out real quick, one of us in this room has a ridiculous slant against the, the website Reddit mm-hmm. and is not being specific enough when he talks. Most people mm-hmm. on Reddit, if you look at just the front page and not the very popular communities, are pretty normal and are fine okay. with LGBT and all that stuff. Okay. He's talking about specific subreddits mm-hmm. of full of awful people, yeah. such as incels and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. who are bad. Didn't they so, ban r slash incels? Yeah, incels is one of the only subreddits that ever get banned. Um, so... Yes, not everyone who uses Reddit mm-hmm. hates LGBT people. Full disclosure, I also post on Reddit and do read Reddit. So it's yes. not like... It, I, I just said Reddit because that's where it originated from, yes. was the actual subreddit for the game itself. Yeah, you can say that. Itself. The people on the they were on there, and that's the thing is, that's the main like congregation point for fans of this new game coming out, and they're the ones that had the crazy backlash against it. And then it got to like r slash Kotaku in action other stuff like that and it spread from there. What's r slash Kotaku in action? Oh my god, dude. It's the fucking... It's, it's at this point, ancient community of people who were Gamergate people. Ah. It was like one of the Gamergate subreddits and it's just like still around. Of course. And I have no idea what the name has any reference. I guess the website Kotaku which... Uh, just publishes articles about video games? Yeah, it's like, probably, probably some kind of dig at Kotaku somehow, I don't know. Uh, who knows? But anyways, these people on the re- on the subreddit got furious over this they pronoun. And are now like, I'm boycotting MechWarrior. And I can't think... Like, how comfortable is your life that this is a concern for you? Yeah. How, how easy do you have it? But on the other side of that coin, I wonder... Is this not a reflection of a deeper problem you may be having with you, with with your general life course that you are not that you're worried about this kind of stuff because you can't change the bigger things in your life? That's true. I feel like a lot of this stuff, a lot of this reactionary uh, uh, energy, comes from people who want something they can attack, something they can focus on because they can't attack the people who are really causing them problems, yes. which are the corporations, right? I feel like I feel like if, if anybody listens to our podcast. They they could just you know that ancient aliens meme where it's the dude and it says aliens uh-huh. just replace that with the word capitalism that's kind of our podcast it I, is it, it, I feel weird every time I blame something on capitalism because I do truly believe capitalism is the problem mm-hmm. but I always feel like so one day it's just they're just gonna be like capitalism and that's <laughs> gonna be who we are forever um, but yes I do agree I mean we're not the only podcast that, 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 that uh, or, or yeah. anything we're not the only podcast or, or, yeah. or book or show or movie I guess that's there's true. less of those podcasts but see that's what a podcast is anyone even two idiots from Georgia can create a podcast and say whatever they want yeah it would be very hard to make a show on television that is like capitalism sucks or a movie that says capitalism sucks in an explicit sense, you know? Yes. Because those things are are fundamentally capitalist enterprises. But, you know, the internet is the great, in my opinion, uh, it, it's an uh, equalizer. For now. For now, yes. For now, the internet is a great equalizer. Yeah. What's, what's really funny to me is... I'm a big fan of cyberpunk fiction, especially the classics. You know, your Neuromancers, your Snow Crashes, your anything that you know was William Gibson or or Bruce Sterling. I was there for that kind of that kind of stuff, right? Yes. And they envisioned this dark version of the future wherein computers were used to enslave humanity. That that the corporations would have full because they lived in a time you know where computer time was something you had to buy from a mainframe system or a central um, you know computer. And also, Gibson didn't know shit about computers, which is why Neuromancer is so interesting. But, uh, or the internet, anyways. But, uh, and then when it actually came time for those things to become more ubiquitous in our life, what we found was computers were widely distributed to people because the hardware became smaller and it became easier to use and it became a freeing, you know, technology. But now we're getting a back around to the point where this widely distributed network of computers is turning into that cyberpunk thing, but instead of it being like locked off to certain powers, those powers have come out and grabbed everything else. Like you look at Facebook and how it, you know, it's it's information, you know, gathering stuff. You look at Google and how they're using all kinds of crazy technologies to, you know, penetrate your your life and figure out more about you and sell you stuff. It's it didn't stay with them. They're reclaiming it from the people and 
taking back that that equalizing power and distributing it back to themselves. Yeah. I actually found out just a couple of days ago when I was having lunch with a friend is that not we all know that Facebook gathers your data and puts you into these buckets and stuff to like advertise to you and stuff. But what I didn't know is that you can in the settings of your Facebook app. You can you can go through and look at all the stuff they have you classified as. They just have it out there as a list. And he showed me all the stuff, like all the political stuff and um, sexual orientation stuff, like all the stuff that he's just classified as. Just pages and pages of stuff they have him in these buckets of. It was it was crazy to me that they actually just put it right out there, and people are just now getting upset about it. What in the world? Yeah. So what if you what if they get something wrong about you? They'll either. I mean, either they're just going to advertise the wrong stuff to you, or over time they'll figure out they were wrong and reclassify you. That is terrifying. Yeah. That this, this panopticon exists. Fuck, man. Like, how do you, what do you even do, like, to stop that, you know? Some folks are saying that Cambridge Analytica is going to be the downfall of Mark Zuckerberg and, and Facebook. I don't see it. I don't think. What do you think? You're smarter than me about this. I think that Facebook is going to face a downfall, because, in my opinion, Facebook's downfall started... Before we even found out they were taking our data, it started when college students stopped using it and parents did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been slowly killing Facebook ever since. The only thing Facebook, only reason Facebook's still popular is because all these people who do have accounts and like have all their pictures and all their stuff on there and don't want to lose that t- honestly tiny part of their life. Um, and obviously, I do think Facebook is going to end eventually, but it's never going to. The thing is, it's never going to hurt Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg is never going to lose all of his money. No. Which is the big goal here, is for him to not be a $64 billion worth fucking child. Yeah. I'm sure that he'll step away or something at some point, that he'll, you know, he'll leave as CEO or whatever, and he'll he'll still have all his money and get away with it, you know, scot-free. But, I mean, at least until the revolution happens, and we uh, we deal with the uh, that class of people anyways. Yeah. But, uh... See, I don't really see this whole... I don't see Facebook as being too damaged by this stuff. People keep saying, oh, it's going to come out, it's going to be more, they're going to eventually... They're going to go under it. I'm like, ah, you got a long ways to go before I start seeing it that way. I'm going to get a lot more stuff come out about Facebook that people actually care about because it's been a week or so, or two weeks since Cambridge Analytica. I don't hear much about it anymore. It's kind of like disappeared from the uh, uh Yeah, they're still posting stuff about it every once in a while, but yeah, it's not... It's overall pretty, pretty dead because... At the end of the day, a lot of people just don't even care. They're just like, mm-hmm. oh, they're taking my data. And then they just say, oh, I don't think my data's worth anything. And they don't care anymore. When that's not the way we should look at it. You know, the, yeah. class, the classic argument is saying that you don't need privacy is like saying you don't need free speech because you have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you still do need these things whether you think you want them or not because they're important to living in a free and open society. Where's something I'm curious about? Um, the technology that they use to gather our information and store it in these buckets, as you call them, right? Do you ever see a way in which that could be a positive thing? Is there is there a future in which it could be applied in a good way? I mean, I don't know. I don't. I think there's maybe noble pursuits you can use, like if you if you use a the idea of bucket of people putting people in buckets is called clustering. I feel like I mean maybe you could use clustering for something more important. Like the thing is, I think that as long as like let's say you're doing a service where people give 100% consent and understand what they're consenting to mm-hmm. for you to use this. You know, I mean, you know, it could be, it could even be something as simple as a new type of personality quiz that uses more, you know, like, oh, what Harry Potter character are you that uses more, like, more complex algorithms and these clustering things to do it? You know, something as simple as that to something more complex. The only, only problem with what they do now is people don't know what they're signing up for. People don't know, I mean, one thing a lot of people don't know is that a lot of major grocery stores in America now this is this is totally true. A lot of major grocery stores in America now have like facial recognition, um, like software and cameras in them to to bucket like how people feel about certain things. Like they 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 recognize facial expressions and people and customers, and they can log that data with their cash their cash register stuff and know exactly who that person is. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff is completely legal because you were consent as soon as you step into this business, you are consenting to any policy they have because you have no other option. Mm-hmm. So if you if Walmart is doing this and you don't want to use Walmart, but that's the only place in your area, you don't eat. So you still have to do all this stuff and they can do whatever they want because they own the building and they mm-hmm. pay taxes on it and it's their policy. Which is again why the libertarian argument is so dumb because you can't opt out of everything that exactly. you don't want to do, and in some cases you might not know what you're opting into exactly. in the first place. Well, you don't when these when you go in these grocery stores, they don't tell you that they're doing this. It's just something yeah. that you, certain people know and certain people don't. So, 
Because I was trying to think of a version of the world wherein, like, a future version of, of, of um, society we'd like to see where, you know, uh, this kind of technology could be used to, to advertise to you services you might be interested in, but not in the sense that they would cost you money, you know? Like, hey, you, yeah. might, be, you might need this thing based on the things you've said. Yeah. You don't even know it. But now that I think about it, that would require taking all those buckets and all those informa- all that stuff and storing it somewhere, a central database, and as a person who does not like the intelligence community at all, I don't want the idea of there being some kind of big database of anyone out there. Yeah. So I don't think it's I don't think it's possible. Yeah. I like to think the, that technology is neutral, it, that, 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 it, that uh, uh, the basis of it can be used for good or bad. Like the atomic bomb is bad, but nuclear energy is great. But maybe that's not true. Maybe not all technology is neutral, you know? Yeah. That's true. I mean, the only way that a system like that could truly work is if the database was entirely free and open for anyone to log into. And then even then, at that, at that point, you'd only be able to store very vague things for everyone. So at that point, it wouldn't even be useful anymore. But I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there is a more noble pursuit for it that none of us have thought of yet. But as of now, a lot of these things are uh, pretty detrimental to uh, people's privacy and safety, honestly. Yeah. And it just sucks that there's no there's no really big calls or pushes to get rid of it. You know, people just seem to have accepted it as a as an implicit part of our lives. Yeah. When, I mean, there are some people out there who are privacy advocates. I know the Electronic Frontiers Foundation uh, are are kind of at the forefront of this, of trying to like uh, say, hey, you know, your privacy matters, and you should be concerned about what people are doing with your data. But I feel like so few people are educated on it. You know. Yeah. And also, so few people understand that what the amount of information about them that's being collected—they they know everything about you, basically. Yeah, I mean, they, at this point, like Google and Facebook and the U.S. government, they can—they can tell you where you are right now if they want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just have so—they just know everything. And I mean, it's—I think it was pretty pretty interesting fact that between the years of like 2010 and 2016, more data was collected than had ever been collected in the history of all human existence. Wow. In just five years, so it's pretty incredible. Do you think that will continue? Um, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's only records? getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, I mean, every, I mean, at this point, just throughout the two thousands, we've we've recorded a ma- an exponential amount more than we did in any any other period before combined. So it's it's, it's fascinating, actually, and scary. And what I'm curious about is, like. Okay, so we know that all these companies, Facebook and Google, they work with the government. That when when asked to, they, they will provide your information to the government. Uh, they won't like try and stand up for your for your rights as an individual. Yeah. Because they're not concerned about that. But the thing that I am curious about is, so all this data that they're collecting on all this all this all this, uh, this what is it called metadata in some cases? Yeah. Right. Um, like, is there ever going to be a way to escape from it? You know, is there a way to engage in modern life? Because let's say you took someone who was just born as a child, you know, and you told them as they were growing up, hey, here's what they're doing, here's how, and these are all the things they're going to try and collect on you. Is there even a way to escape it? Like, could you be raised that way? I mean, I guess the only way would be to be entirely off the grid, which is a thing that I think used to be more possible than it is now. Now it's very hard. Um, I guess with a newborn child, it would have to be... First of all, both of the parents would have had to have had no data about themselves collected, mm-hmm. which is already going to be really hard. And then after that, you'd have to live in some kind of mountain society where no one, where you you raise your own animals, grow your own food, and mm-hmm. ne- never taught anybody outside of that. But what kind of existence is that, you know? Oh, you won't even know what's going on. You won't know. You won't, you know, one day your mountain could be bombed, and you never even know because you don't watch the news, and you don't know what's going on in the world around you, and you would never have had a voice in anything. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, until one day we decide that it's gone too far and we destroy these databases and destroy the structures that make them, yeah, there's not going to be a real way to escape it, to be honest. Speaking of databases, I'm curious about something. Mm-hmm. I started Twitch streaming recently, uh-huh. and it stores every single one of your Twitch streams, right? Yes. As a, as a video, as a I'm VOD. Gonna, I'm going to go ahead and answer the question you're about to ask. I don't know. <laughs> well, tell me the question I was going to ask was. You're going to ask. How do they store all these videos without without charging you, mm-hmm. and yet you can't even host a podcast on a website for free? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't I don't understand how YouTube does it. I don't understand how Twitch does it. I just don't understand. Um, I guess it might have something to do with the fact that whenever you watch a video on Twitch or YouTube, you're always streaming it, whereas 
on a podcast, you want it to be solidly in a place where somebody can download it at any time, anywhere. But even then, I don't see how it's so much easier to stream a large video file than it is to store a small audio file. I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, even more specific than that, I'm curious as to how are they storing all this fucking high-quality video? Exactly. Like, where is it being put at? It's in the cloud. But where the fuck is the cloud? It's up there. It's the cloud. Dude. Okay. Calm down. But like, why are you asking some questions about the cloud? Okay, come on. <laughs> the cloud is there. Why? Why is everyone concerned about what the cloud is, where it is? It's there. Okay. It's they, out say, there. they say our stuff's all sorted in the cloud. It's in the cloud. Hey, here's something for you. Clouds aren't very fucking secure. They're big puffy fucking plumes of water. I'm so glad you mentioned this. I watched a video the other day. There's this dude who was like the head of some company in India. And he was doing a talk mm-hmm. um, at this big tech conference. And the man obviously knows nothing about computers. <laughs> and he says some of the craziest shit ever. First of all, the first thing he said was, oh, all of our data is in the cloud. They keep seeing our data is up in the cloud. What happens if it rains? What if it rains and it gets windy and our data ends up in another country? <laughs> he literally, he's saying all this, being okay. 100% serious. Yeah. And then he was saying that, and then he says this, which I think is because the, the conference happened in India. And it was for Indian people. He looked, and he was just like, you know, in America, anytime you get a new cell phone, they instruct you at the store to destroy the old one with a hammer because your data has leaked into your battery. I live in America. No one's ever instructed me to do that. No. And data doesn't leak into batteries because that's not how any of this stuff works. Mm-mm. And he, this man talked for like an hour and didn't say a single thing that made any sense. I feel like after the talks, like one guy, one poor intern had to be like, we gotta talk. <laughs> and it was, and that, that guy had to get really angry because it, it was just the funniest thing I've ever seen. This guy was, he believed everything he said 100% and it was great. You gotta send me that link so I can put yes. it, I can add it to the show notes. Yes. Fucking, that's like time cube, but for computers. Like, yes. what the shit, time man? Cube. Because here's the thing I was going to ask you uh, what happens when it rains? Because do you think we're going to call the first big, like, breach of the cloud the thunderstorm? Yes. Because I'm writing a sci fi novel right now, and oh. what happens? It's called the thunderstorm. And, it, and the cover of it is a literal like thunderstorm of like a light of, of clouds, but the cloud is ones and zeros. I was gonna say make it just um, you know the, the whole the matrix, mm-hmm. and then it's have the thunder going on in it. And it'll, be, it'll be great. <laughs> exactly. You'll sell, you'll sell thousands of copies instantly. Definitely. So, so I'm gonna make it big. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a big one in book publishing. First of all, I'm gonna become, I'm gonna become a famous author, and I'll use that to finance our podcast from now on. Yes, our very expensive podcast. Hey man, that SoundCloud hosting ain't cheap. We spend all all day and night agonizing over. I have thought about the fact maybe we should like get a good version, like a like a really nice big version, Marcus makes big version of the logo, and put it on YouTube. Just make a fucking video with our audio underneath it. It's just it's just yeah. our logo and the fucking audio going yeah. the whole time. A lot of podcasts do that because that'll be a free way to apparently free to store that shit. I mean, does YouTube have any kind of like subscription uh, based services? It's not that no. weird red thing that whoever would use I mean, that's, that. That's, that's that's just not, that's like Netflix. You subscribe to it and you get more content. It's not like you as an uploader have to subscribe to it to upload stuff. Can we just talk about for the second the fact that there is a Cobra Kai show coming out on YouTube soon? And they are promoting the hell out of it. They are. It is. And I have not watched a single trailer mm-hmm. or anything. So am I supposed to assume that this show is that the bad guys are the good guys? Yeah, the Cobra Kai dude is like a washed up drunk who like lazes around town, beats up some teenagers in a parking lot, and another teenager is like, that was super cool, teach me to fight. And Ralph Macchio's character from the first movie is now an asshole car salesman who uses his, he owns his own dealership, who uses his karate. Ralph Macchio in the show? Yeah. Okay. He uses his karate. Why did I say that like I was surprised? What is Ralph (laughs) Macchio doing right now? That's true, what's he even in? Um, And he uses his karate stuff as like part of his promotion, and now he's mad the Cobra Kai guy started his own gym, and wants to train kids so it's their fucking role reversal of the two yeah I see but the thing is I can kind of buy it I can kind of buy that this fucking karate kid asshole was like this good kid or whatever and then like as soon as he realized he was good at karate he you know he grew up and was like oh yeah I'm better now I'm, I'm cooler and I feel like that could happen and the Cobra Kai guy would kind of be you know like hey I I, I got second place it's not the worst yeah. you know I beat a lot of people to get there I can't help with this stuff. I want to watch a Cobra Kai show. I, I probably will watch at least an episode. I kind of want to see this shit. It looks it looks crazy as hell. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm excited. Because until you told me the plot, I, I, I thought that it was a retelling of the 
Karate Kid. Like they they're still gonna be kids and everything, but mm-hmm. from the Cobra Kai perspective, like of of how they train and how they do everything, and you don't get to see Ralph Macchio's character that much. I didn't know that it was actually set in the present day and that they're both old and have their own stuff going on. So that's, yeah. that's actually kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then I usually I always see when I'm going through YouTube, I always see that there's a little bar they have now for the YouTube Red stuff. Yeah, and it's like. There's a show called Who Wants to See a Dead Body or something on YouTube? Yeah. Like... It's a, it's a Rob Hewell show. What's the premise of that show? So I've seen the first episode because it's free. You can watch the first episode of any of their shows for free. Um, it's a fictionalized, it's a scripted show where Rob Hewell will find one of his friends. He always finds a dumb way to get them to come with him. And he's, he's like, hey, do you want to see a dead body? And he takes them to see a dead body. And there's antics on the way and funny... Just It's, it's actually pretty funny. I... I if I subscribe to YouTube Red, I watch the rest of the show. But it was actually pretty funny. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a weird show, and it's based on a series of videos he used to do for Funny or Die a long, long time ago. Um, but yeah, it's actually a pretty funny show. Um, but I, I don't see the reason to pull the show on YouTube Red just yet. Also, see a lot of dance things. Yeah, they, it's this dance. This is like it's like a whole bar with dance shows. I'm like these. It's, it's probably the idea that there's there's something cheap to produce that you can get out really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like Netflix has a couple of shows like that where there's just really qu- stuff you can just get out really quickly and then, you know, you didn't spend a lot on it. You put it out there. It'll get enough viewership to pay for itself and then fund the other stuff you're trying to do. Do you remember, like, for five minutes in 2011, the big fad was dance videos where people wore suits that had lights on them in the dark and they would turn them on and off to, like, do the dance stuff? Remember that? Yeah. For like five minutes, that shit was huge. It was everywhere. Yeah. And it disappeared just as fast. Just gone. No idea what happened. It's always funny to try to look back and remember the forgotten memes and like fads we all went through. Because mm. there were so many um, that lasted for like a month or two. Like Gangnam Style. Yeah. We're happened? still talking about Gang- Gangnam Style went from being the most watched video in YouTube history to mm. being completely not even talked about within a year. And the... What was it, the pineapple thing? The pineapple uh, uh, pie or whatever guy? Oh, the pin, pineapple pin? Pineapple pin, yeah, or whatever. I've never even, I never even watched that meme. I I never understood it, never got it, and yeah, it was gone pretty soon, so I guess I didn't miss much. Well, you told me yesterday about the slob on me knob meme, but I totally missed. Yes, the la di da di da slob on me knob meme. I fucking did not know about that one at all. In case you haven't heard of this meme, look up the song King's Dead from the Black Panther soundtrack. You'll know what part of it is a meme, and then just look them up. You'll, you'll be excited. Oh, for sure. And so, I think there's a lot... The thing is, back in the day, when I was on when I was on 4chan back in the other day, there was a certain amount of memes. We had our memes, and we used those memes responsibly. And there weren't new ones. No. There was the memes that lasted... Like, we thought Bad Luck Brian was going to be the meme until the end of time. I thought the Advice Dog and yeah. all the variants of Advice Dog would be around forever. I haven't seen an Advice Dog in the wild in like eight years. Yeah, it's been a while. It's gone. So, it's weird how now there are so many memes that we don't even know where they all go or where they all come from. And yeah. what happens to them all? Like, remember this meme that happened recently, Ugandan Knuckles? No. Oh, yeah, Knuckles. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like, I didn't Show know. Me the way. Yeah, I didn't know that shit was racist until like Razor used it, and there was a big backlash against yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't know it was racist either. And it was like, oh, okay, I see. I didn't because here's the thing: I literally never heard of it until Razor used it, and the backlash happened. Hey, I just saw. I, I I watched Twitch a lot, and I, just, I saw people saying "Show me the way" and having a little knuckles meme. I didn't know it was racist for a long time. I didn't know it was a dumb thing people were doing. I didn't know what the fuck that was, dude. I had never heard yeah. of it. I knew Knuckle from from Sonic, and that was it, man. That's my exposure to Knuckles. I know that there are a lot of. I know there's a pretty big Sonic meme database out there. Yeah, Sonic is a a meme slash cringe emporium. Oh, dude, man! Me- if you ever want to cringe the hardest possible, type in any first name you can think of, and then the Hedgehog into Google Images, and you will regret everything you've ever done before this moment. That's true. That's true. What was that game that came out recently? That was an un- unofficial Sonic game. Where it was like a first-person exploration of crazy shit, like you pass through, uh, 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 like Sonic's vagina and are born into the world. Oh, it's it's yeah. So it's a collection of unfinished Sonic games that are made by Sega that got leaked at one point. Um, that some people went through and finished and made into 
complete abominations. Mm-hmm. And there's some pretty good. I can't remember the name of the collection of games, but you can. Is it look Sonic Tales or something like that? Something or? like that. And you can go on YouTube and look up people playing it. There's some pretty funny videos of just the actual insanity that is that collection of games. One of which is like a movie maker where you have to like make these scenes, and some of the scenes are like the characters are like banging and there's like an actual baby coming out while they're banging and mm-hmm. it's just it's just weird and it is depraved and I do not understand why of all video game series Sonic the Hedgehog has such this weird following I think it's I because guess it's the furry stuff yeah Sonic leads into furry stuff and furry stuff gets weird uh, again no offense to furries I think furries are fine people yeah, furries a furry. if, but if you're a furry who for some reason uh, has a big cross section with Nazis I do have a problem with you yeah. not because you're a furry yeah. You're a Nazi. Furries, other kin, all that kind of stuff. They ain't hurt nobody. They're doing their own thing. That's cool. How many of our listeners do you think are furry Nazis? I think I would hope we have less than five. Less than um, five. <laughs> if we okay. could get down to less than five furry Nazis listening to the show, that'd be great. But yeah, just like a yeah, I saw that I saw a video of that Sonic game or whatever. And it was just it was I thought it was some kind of crazy uh 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 totally from scratch fan game. I didn't know that they were unfinished Sonic games that got yeah, leaked. I mean a lot of them were like very unfinished games that people went and made weird stuff to. Some of them were mostly finished, and they're the less weird ones in the pack. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fucked up. Okay, cool. Not cool, but yeah. interesting, I should say. Speaking of interesting, earlier we talked about how we watched Jumanji, mm-hmm. but we also watched something else this weekend that has, I think, left a mark on both of us. Mm-hmm. It's the newest episode of a television show called Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Um... If you're not watching Atlanta, shame on you. We are not biased because we are from Georgia. Atlanta is just a good show. That's true. Um, written and or produced, starring, and mostly written by Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, whatever you know him as. Um, very popular actor right now, actor, musician. Uh, he's going to be playing Lando Calrissian in the new Star Wars movie. And Atlanta, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. We Neither of us know how to describe this show. No, not at all. It's... Uh, sometimes half an hour show, sometimes not. Sometimes mm-hmm. it'll be like 37 minutes for whatever reason. Um, it's about some a couple of guys and a girl and just different characters who live in city Atlanta. And it's very surreal. It does, it, it, you, you realize very quickly they don't live in our reality. Mm-hmm. There's very a lot of surreal stuff to it. Um, and a lot of times the episodes are just self-contained stories that don't actually tell something linear about a season. And this past week, Something I did not think was ever going to happen on Atlanta. They dabbled in the horror genre. Yes. And they made a thoroughly creepy episode that has for real kept me up at night. That mm-hmm. I, I, I did not, I lost a lot of sleep that I, I watched it because it was so creepy to me. And I don't know. I just think that anyone out there who hasn't seen the show Atlanta, first season's on Hulu. Check it out. Season two, pirate it. Download it. Buy it from somewhere. Do what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. It's a great show and I've, I've never regretted the time I spent watching an episode. What was the name of the episode? Teddy Perkins. Teddy Perkins was yeah, it was a horror episode of a show which I mean most broadly can be described as somewhere adjacent to comedy. Yeah. Surrealist comedy. Yeah. Um, but with lots of, I mean it, it's kind of like how we're, we're in this age of like stuff like Master of None and You're the Worst where these 30-minute comedies are bending the genre and also having very serious parts, very scary parts now, and just doing different stuff than what has been done with comedy for all these years. Yeah, it was seriously a very creepy and, and horrific, in some places, episode of the of a TV show, yeah. which I never thought would go for a horror yeah. And aspect. still had legitimate laughs throughout the episode. Oh, yeah. There are still some very funny moments. Um, bl- they blended the genres very well, and... Um, I won't spoil anything for us that's seen it, but one of the characters in the show is being played by an actor who's on the show, mm-hmm. but you might not notice when you first see him. Yeah. Or maybe you won't even notice it until you finish the episode. Um, but and yeah, I really, really enjoyed that episode, and I thought I think it's maybe the best episode of television I've seen this year. And the main character of the episode is played by Lakeith Stanfield, Lakeith Stanfield. which you might remember from Get Out. Yes. Which... This episode, I think, has a lot of uh, of DNA with, of, get, with Get Out. Yeah. Also, if you don't know Lakeith Stanfield from Get Out, you might know him as... Oh, wait. I guess I shouldn't spoil this. Don't spoil he this. Plays, he plays a character in a movie. On Netflix. On Netflix. A Netflix movie. All right. So here's what you, If you're really interested, 
go watch every Netflix movie, mm-hmm. and Keith Sanfield will be... He, actually, he's probably in more than one. Yeah, we, we just haven't seen them all. He will be soon, actually. This is something else coming out. I can't remember what it's called, but I saw it coming up on Netflix. He's oh, another movie they're making. Nice. So, yeah. And also, he's an incredible actor. Everyone on Atlanta is very good at their job. I mm-hmm. mean, just A-plus acting from everyone involved. And, yeah, it's the best show on TV. What's the name of the guy that plays Paperboy? Uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Dude is fantastic. Like, honestly, my favorite performance on the show yeah. is him. He's so fucking good. Yeah. And as much as I love Donald Glover, I think that Brian Tyree Henry deserves the Emmy this year. For the, If anybody's going to win Emmy this year for the show, it should be him. Because yeah. Because he is just so good at what he's doing. And, yeah. And the, uh, another problem with the show is, at this point, I don't know who the lead actor Because the whole thing about awards is who's the lead actor. Yeah. All three actors are getting pretty good screen time and are doing their own thing. So... Maybe all three will get nominated. If all three get nominated, I will I will be the happiest person alive. Yeah. And it, it again, it may sound like we're shilling for this show, but we're not. We genuinely no. do love it. Yes. It's it's beloved by people who aren't from Georgia as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the thing is, it's it definitely has an original, uh, it feels weird and all that. Uh, and the city of Atlanta is such a cool place. I've been there many yeah. times. I love. I Atlanta. lived on the main streets of Atlanta for about four months there. The main streets of Atlanta. Yeah. We they passed really, by four separate houses that had Bernie Sanders signs in them as we drove by. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do that. They do that to uh, make people feel comfortable. Oh, okay. When they walk in and yeah, yeah get hard knocks. You uh-huh. know? So, but yeah, it was it was it's an interesting city and it's a very and there's so many different a- areas of it and the show covers them pretty well. So, did you ever meet that man that was chasing your that, that girl lived there? Did you ever meet him? I never met the man in black. <laughs> the so man I, in I, black. I really wish I would have though. Oh my god, dude. Um. So yeah. Uh. Atlanta's cool. We're also watching Legion. Legion's a great show as well. Legion's good. Very different from Atlanta. Though. Very confused. Actually, mm-hmm. not that different from Atlanta. That's true. Now I think They're about it. actually pretty much the same show. That's true. And it's weird. They could be in the same universe, couldn't they? They could be in the same universe. They could be in the exact Definitely. same universe. Oh, real quick. I don't want to give a real, real quick shout out to Atlanta for one more thing. The beginning of season two has an opening sequence, which is a, I mean, fantastic homage to Michael Mann-style, very yes. intense gunfights in movies. And they don't use any of the characters you already used to. No. They just open up on a, whole, a bunch of brand new people who you've never seen before, just living a very specific part of Atlanta life. And it's really interesting. Yeah, I've, I've never seen a movie that did such a good homage to, to Heat and all those kinds of like uh, of movies. So definitely check out Atlanta. Great yeah. show, love it. And I mean, I guess we've kind of we've kind of run the course of this week's conversation, haven't we? Yeah, I think we have. We, we talked about we talked about everything. Um, we didn't talk about the tragedy that happened to this one esports player, but we don't have to talk about that. That's no, sad. we're not going to talk about that. That's um, uh, that's that's that, that's that'd be yeah, too but dark if you, for if us. If you're interested in any in this story, just look up double lift one word um, tragedy or. Some just look up double if these days and you'll pretty much find out what happened. Yeah, uh, sad story, but we don't talk about that. Yeah, uh, I think we're done with the show for this week. Yeah, I think I we're, we're good. good. So as always, wait, hold on now. Oh, you want you, you keep on running ahead of, the, of, of our things. Well, Listen, I, like, I like our outro so much. I know. You can find me on Twitter at MC Surf. I'm at Life of Seth. I also stream on Twitch now at Surf MC. You got it. Why is one MC Surf and one Surf MC? MC Surf was already taken on Twitch when I got really? there. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, our art is done by Marcus Barkley, who you can hear on the stream sometimes. He plays yeah. games with me, like Far Cry 5 right now is what we're doing. Um, if you like the show, you know, subscribe, uh, share it around, you know, tweet it out to your friends. Tweet it us. Let us know you like it. We always love hearing from people who enjoy the show. Yep. And uh, as always... From New Orleans to New York... Fuck the New England Patriots. This has been the Illinois Podcast. Thank you, guys. We're out.